Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me this day and every week are my dear friends, Brenda and Randy. Welcome to both of you. Nice to see you. It's good to see you. How are you doing today? Now that you're here, I'm doing great. <laughs> we are having fun. <laughs> we always have fun. Um, and, but I'm very interested in this. When I asked you, uh, what are we going to talk about, which is what mm-hmm. I always ask you, you said, Randy, paradoxical desires of God. So um, go for it. Doesn't that sound like really theological impressive? It's, it it's deep. No, it's not. It's not. Okay. It's, if it's coming from me, it's not deep, right? So, so but these paradoxical desires of God, right? And, and the first, if you're going to have paradoxical desires, you've got to have two, right? Um, first, God wants us to be successful, right? First commandment, God gives to man, be fruitful. Right, you'd have to be a pretty twisted god to order your people to be proof, to be fruitful, bounteous, successful, and then work overtime to prevent them from being so. Right? Yeah. So if God commanded us to be fruitful, He must have wanted us to be fruitful. And now the the second desire, God wants us to need Him. I mean, think about it. It it that that desire is important enough to make it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a child will not enter it. And it's really funny, but I've always struggled with what it is about child that's being a child that's so important because I like children, right? But children, You've got a few. children are not always heavenly, right? Yeah. But here's the deal. The one constant in God's plan for children, they need their parents, Right. Yeah. Look at the Lord's prayer. Like the the perfect prayer starts out our father, our father. Right. So we got the parent thing going and then give us this day our daily bread, protect us from temptations, deliver us from evil. Right. Father, provide for us, guide us, teach us, protect us, care for us. Mm -hmm. Right. So so we think of people who are successful and we think. In, independent, yeah. yeah, independent, financially secure, self-reliant, yeah. strong, Type A, yeah. right, alpha in the room, and then we juxtapose that with dependent, small, weak, helpless, yeah. childlike, right? right? And I think as Christians, that really messes with our mind, yeah. right? God wants me to be successful, look successful, achieve, make him proud, have it all together, give him a reason to put the bumper sticker on the car, my kid is an honor student in the <laughs> school of life, right? Mm-hmm. And yet God has designed the school of life to teach us that we don't have it all together and we need to rely on him, right? You think about it, a perfect life in God's eyes is you get to heaven and the angels ask you, did you ever own your own home? And you respond, no, I always lived with my dad. Yeah. My dad. Oh, yeah. Apostle Paul, arguably the most fruitful person of the New Testament, world traveler, established churches all over the place. Good spoke, letter writer. Exactly. Author, spoke to kings and emperors, out-reasoned, out-argued, out-smarted, out-hustled, every force brought against him. He writes to the Philippians not, boy, did I have a great run, <laughs> right? 
But he writes to them, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Right? And you look at that statement. Success. I can do all things. But then, in him who strengthens me. I need God. I am only successful when I'm in him. Right? I've said before, I love Bible stories that don't make any <laughs> sense, right? I love the ones that don't, right? Um, Bible story, Father Gottwald, Father Joe Gottwald down in St. Joe's in Hanover, lovingly calls this story the first breakfast, right? Great Bible story that makes no sense. Everyone's into the Last Supper. Father Joe was always like, you need to check out the first breakfast, right? And it's it's when Jesus appears to the apostles in Galilee by the Sea of Tiberias. And they've been out fishing all night. It's after the resurrection. They've been waiting for Jesus to show up again. Peter says, I'm going fishing. Notice he doesn't say, God and I are going fishing, mm-hmm. right? This is a type A personality fishing trip. Other apostles say, we're going with you, right? Bunch of apostles in the boat. No one thinks to invite Jesus, Jesus, right? They fish all night, catch nothing. Next morning, stranger on the shore calls to them children. Mm. Note the address, right? Why does the stranger address a boatload of grown men as children? Yeah. And then he says... Have you any fish? Now, by this time, they are all grumpy. And he knows the answer anyway, but go well, ahead. That's, that's right. They're all grumpy. No. <laughs> all of a sudden, the stranger says, cast your nets to starboard and you'll find some. Now, there's only one person crazy enough to say this to a boat filled with tired, hopeless, dejected fishermen. Right? So they do as they're told, they follow the stranger's plan, and bam! So many fish, the nets should be bursting, but they're not. Right, So this stranger can only be Jesus. Yeah. So Peter puts on his clothes and dives in the water, starts swimming to shore. Now let's think about this for a minute. If you're going to dive into the water, <laughs> right? Don't put on your heavy clothes. Exactly. Aren't you supposed to take off your right. clothes? And he's in a hurry, right? Yeah. What's he doing here? Right? Makes no sense. No. Right? Peter swims to shore. The rest get the nets in. Jesus is already cooking bread and fish on the fire. Yeah. Right? So why did Jesus ask if they caught anything when he already had fish. Strange. Right, exactly. Why is he telling them to cast their nets in? Right? Jesus doesn't need any more fish, right? Why waste a miracle? But now catch this. Jesus says to them, put some of your fish on the fire. Mm-hmm. What makes those fish the apostles' fish? Right? I know it was in their net, but they caught nothing on their own. Right. There's only one reason they have anything in their nets, and that reason is Jesus put it there. Mm-hmm. But in the eyes of God, in the eyes of their Father, they have been fruitful. 
Jesus wants them to put some of their fish on the fire, Mm -hmm. right? I can fish all night, right, for my plan, for my gain, for my glory, and get nothing. But in an instant, I can turn it all over to God and become fruitful. Yeah. Right? Those who glorify themselves will be humbled. Mm -hmm. And those who humble themselves, right, let Jesus be the way, will be glorified. Right? God wants us to succeed, but he wants us to lean on him, be strengthened by him to do so. And how many of us know that in words? We even tell friends, rely on God. God will provide. Mm -hmm. Give it all to God. Jesus, I surrender all. And then we go a half hour later, and we're all anxious because, you know, we're taking over the reins. At least you wait a half hour. (laughs) Well, I think that, Brenda, I think that's that. You're exactly right of that dynamic, right? It's like take the the plank out of your own eye rather mm-hmm. than try, right? Because yeah. cause we're caught up in that, God, you may want them to lean on you, mm-hmm. but I know you want me to be to, self-sufficient. Yeah, to lean on me. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right, that's exactly right, that you want me to make... I have to make you proud of me. And the way that I make you proud of me is by not relying on you. And we make the mistake, don't we, of thinking that that's weakness. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about being humble, being small, being childlike, it sounds to us almost as if we're being weak. Mm -hmm. Which, when we were four years old, right, they were teaching us, Jesus loves me, and we're singing, they are weak, but he is strong, mm-hmm. right? What's wrong with being weak? That's, again, that's the point. That that second paradoxical thing is he wants us to need him. Yeah. And the other thing is he already knows, he knows our strengths and he knows our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So if we picture that, why not bring the weaknesses to him? So he can strengthen us, right? you know, and just hold on to that and bury it or dismiss them and go on your way. But to really dig deep and say, Lord, you know my weakness. This is my weakness. I'm bringing it to you. Because really, I mean, as thinking about as a parent, you know, if you hear your little kid, let's say four or five year old, talk about their like king uh, and queen of the universe. Mm -hmm. I mean, we smile because Mm -hmm. we know. That's a bunch of malarkey. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. they're not. Mm-hmm. But it maybe we appear that way to Jesus when we act like that. Mm-hmm. And he lets us. You know, he's not going to bend our will. We have to give our will to him. But, you know, we have to recognize that we are weak. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a great way of, I mean, because we live the paradox as parents. And I think nobody lives the paradox more than moms. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because you guys are moms and I'm not. But but if you think about it, I would almost correct you, Eleanor, that to, your ch- to the mom, your kid is the best, right? You look at your kid and whatever they're doing, I mean, you understand that you might not like what they're doing at the moment, but that kid, if it's yours is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful kid, right? Mm-hmm. And what, as a mother, do you want most 
is for that kid to need you. Yeah. Yeah. I laugh because, you know, I watch my grandchildren and, you know, the whole day I could be like, okay, you're, you pick up the toys, you give them toys, you, you, you do everything, you know, to keep them entertained. You give them a lunch, you get them in for a nap. But when their mom walks through the door, uh-huh. they could leave all that and just fall into her arms. And it's mommy, mommy, mommy. Absolutely. And the biggest hug in the world. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's good. But it's beautiful to it see. It is beautiful it's to beautiful see. It's beautiful to see. And it's also, they just almost collapse in their mom's arms. They do. It's just beautiful. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a minute. You are listening to The Family Show on Holy Family Radio. Stay tuned. back with The Family Show with Brendan Randy Lee. We're talking about how God wants us to need Him. That's just novel to some of us at times to think that why would He even want us to need Him? That's And, and in the context of Him wanting us to be successful, right? Yeah. And and you put those two things together and anybody who's listened to the first half of the show, the, the obvious response to all that is, Randy, you just don't get it, right? <laughs> I know a lot of really successful people who don't seem to be relying on God, right? Randy, I don't know how you define success, but every apostle but John died a martyr, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the world spins a lot of stuff out about success. A lot of it is confusing. The two most confusing things the world spins out about success are what it is and how to get there, okay? And, And you look at King Solomon, fascinating character. Right, eternally famous, unimaginably wealthy, master foreign policy, master domestic policy, forms all the right alliances, builds this great country, great city, fabulous temple, house for the Lord. All the most beautiful women in the world come to visit him, end up marrying him, right? Lots of them, yeah. He gets to the end of his life, he writes the book of Ecclesiastes, and what does he say? I've got Nothing. Yeah. Vanity of vanities, striving after wind. The his biggest complaint: you work your whole life, accumulate all this wealth, and you leave it to a goofball, right? <laughs> Whoa, no, you leave it to your son, mm-hmm. and he's like, "That's my point, <laughs> right?" All these wives, and Solomon looks across the castle of kids. And there's no one he can leave the kingship to, right? And he's right, right? All of his kids are blockheads, right? (laughs) He's the wisest man who ever lived, and not one of his kids would ever say, Dad, when you're gone, what do you think I should do? Mm -hmm. Right? From the death of Solomon to the collapse of the kingdom is literally measured in days. His son Rehoboam is listening to all the wrong people for all the wrong reasons, getting all the wrong advice. And here's what I find fascinating. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon goes out of his way to let us know everything he ever did, everything he ever tried. And in all the doing and in all the trying, he never mentions one thing he did with his family. There's no picnics, no baseball games, no hide-and-seek, no nothing. Right. 
Solomon thought the most important thing he needed to do was create an empire when the most important thing he needed to do was raise a king, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's like, let's make a deal. Solomon thought success was behind door number two and really it was behind the curtain, <laughs> right? I'm not a singer. No one ever asks me to sing anything. They haven't asked me to sing anything in years. Billy Joel, on the other hand, sings. Billy Joel sells out Madison Square Garden once a month. Right? Actually, I do have an audience of people who want to hear me sing. It is an audience of two. Right? Two. Your grandkids? That's exactly right. For whatever reason, my two grandchildren like to hear me sing. Both of their parents are musicians. They're terrified I will poison their children. Right? (laughs) But anyway, lately I've been thinking. If I could only have one, which would I choose? Playing the garden like Billy Joel or knowing when I sing, I will see my granddaughter smile. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. I think we take our lead from the world and I don't think the world knows what success is. You're right. I'd actually bring her to the garden and sit in the front row. Right. Let's combine this. And then she would never smile when she heard me sing again. (laughs) (laughs) We know where this is going. Right. You could sell out. Okay. But but so Satan shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. Right. Yeah. And Satan says this: having all of this is success. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, no. Why would I want that? Why would I think that was success when I can love and serve the Lord, be his servant? Now that's success. But boy, don't we often buy this hook, line, and sinker Mm -hmm. that what the world offers, I mean, I shouldn't do this, but we do get the Wall Street Journal, and on Fridays they have a section called the Mansion Section. <laughs> and my husband and I swear every week, I'm not looking at that again. I mean, it just, it's just, it's, in right. my opinion, it's ridiculous right. the amount of money they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, and they're in these people, they're selling these properties all the time, and they have multi, and I think, take that down the right. line and say, well, where's, you know, if mm-hmm. I think that I've done all this and this is what I'm worth and here's my value, you miss the boat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at those houses, right? And and they're really sparkly and they're really glittery. Um, in the song, though, Growing Young, Rich Mullins has this very powerful line. I've seen silver turn to dross, seen the best there ever was, and I'll tell you, it ain't worth what it costs. Mm-hmm. This from a guy who could have owned one of the biggest homes in Nashville and instead wore secondhand shoes and lived in a trailer on an Indian reservation so he could teach kids elementary school music. Right? Wow. Go figure. Yeah. Right? Funny thing. Jesus did not say, I am one of the ways or I am the yeah. best way. Right. right? He said, I am the way. Yeah. I am the only way to get to the Father. The world tells us that choices shouldn't have consequences. You want to go to the party. I want to study for the exam. We both did what we wanted. We both should end up in the same place. You want to eat French fries. I want to eat carrot sticks. We both should end up in the same place. Same consequence. We know, however, that different choices, different paths are likely to have unique outcomes. 
Jesus is a unique path. He takes us on a unique journey. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is, when God made the way a person, right? I am the way. When God made the way a person, Mm -hmm. he guaranteed that you would never make the journey alone. Alone. Right. I used to teach confirmation at our Our Lady of the Blessed Sacrament. And one year I had a friend with bone cancer. Well, I wasn't going to waste that one. Right. Exploit my poor friend with bone cancer. Right. So I asked my friend to write a letter to the kids in my confirmation class. So he put it off. He put it off. You know, wasn't ready. Wasn't worthy. Whatever. He put it off, put it off, put it off till he found himself in such pain that they had to schedule him for emergency surgery, right? No one thought this guy is going to survive this operation. They're going to cut open his spine, cut out the cancer, refuse the spine, right? His body, there's no way it can survive this, right? But they got to do something to relieve the pain. So they scheduled this guy's operation. He's probably going to die, right? The night before the operation, right? The night before the operation, right? He's in so much pain that he's balled up in a fetal position, right? But he decides he needs to write this letter. Wow. Right? He can barely hold a pen, right? His hands are shaking. So this is in part what he writes to my class for their confirmation, right? God made his words flesh, because the words themselves could not fully contain his love for us. Mm-hmm. Let your life bring God's love to life. As St. Teresa of Avila instructed, be flesh for Jesus now. Mm-hmm. Be moved by my words to be more than my words. Be his word of love in a world in need of God's healing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's the success we're looking for, what he's saying. And and, and I think also, I mean, here's a guy who couldn't hold a pen, but he could write that. And I think maybe that's being successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we need to uh, sometimes reevaluate what our definition of success is. Mm -hmm. Because you're right. The world will tell us just one mantra. You know, it's not the way. Mm-hmm. There's many ways, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Many avenues of success. That's not what Jesus tells us. And just, you know, I think often of those words, I thirst for you. Yeah. Well, how many times do we like, well, I got to go do this errand. I got to, we can't stop and spend some time with him. You know, you, a whole week could go by and you're just like, you know, what that's where I think we need to reevaluate. Put yes. that quiet time in. The house in the Wall Street Journal is success. And there's lots of ways to get there. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that the house in the Wall Street Journal is not success. But what success is, there's only one way to get there. Yeah. And that's what we got it. That's what we got to keep in mind, mm-hmm. you know. The, the the fact of the matter is, the house in the Wall Street Journal, it's like Rich Mullen says, it may be silver, but it's going to turn to dross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what it's going to cost you to get it, it isn't worth the cost. Right. right? I mean, Solomon, 
He paid the price of his children. He paid the price of his family so that he could have all the other, all these other accomplishments. And don't we see that time after oh, time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just read stories, just open the paper, mm-hmm. you know, um, well, that's definitely worth pondering. Mm-hmm. I need to start reevaluating. <laughs> Say that every time we're together. We reevaluate everything. I noticed you've been saying, I need to reevaluate meeting with you guys again. <laughs> well, we are out of time. We are. It's another family show, in the tank, so to speak. Um, but we invite you to join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720. For the family show. And keep us in your prayers. And just a friendly reminder that these programs are made possible by donors like you. So please take a moment and visit our website at 720WHYF.com and make a generous donation to this radio apostolate. For Brendan Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rawson, and we leave you with a beautiful sound of seasons.